0: Welcome to the Golden Hills Podcast, a stream of podcast conversations from our church staff, volunteers, and guests. Through this podcast, we hope to encourage and equip you in your walk by discussing relevant topics surrounding culture, theology, and the kingdom of God. Thank you for joining us. Hey, church, welcome to the third episode of the Golden Hills Podcast. I'm your host for today, Natalie, and I have the absolute privilege of introducing you to our guest, Dave and Sue Bowers.
1: Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you
0: for having us. <laughs> Thanks for being here. So you guys led a breakout group at the Initiate Conference called Hospitality is Far More Than Entertainment, and today we are going to dive more into that topic and discuss some questions that came up. I personally have known Dave and Sue for the past 10 years. They started out as mentors for my then-boyfriend, now-husband, of eight years, and we are happily married, so good job, guys.
1: (laughs) With three kids.
0: With three kids, yep. So we like each other. Um, So in, in your breakout group, we talked about something that stood out to me, that hospitality, usually people think of home. Hospitality happens in your home. And I know for you guys, that isn't always the case. For Dave, you're out when your girls and son were growing up. You were involved in their sports. And you shared something at the breakout group that I wanted you to touch on, that during a softball season or multiple seasons, you guys had the privilege of walking alongside multiple families through hard times. We did. Yeah. And you shared hospitality, but they weren't necessarily in your home.
1: Correct. Um, I'll share one that probably jumps out as the biggest. It was a little girl who wasn't even on my team. She was in our organization. Um, She was on the younger team and she got sick, um, wasn't feeling well at a Memorial Day tournament. Um, Her parents took her home Saturday early, took her to the doctor. She was misdiagnosed and a few days later was in intensive care at Children's Hospital. Um, I knew them a little bit, knew the family a little bit. And so I just felt called to go visit at the hospital, and um, by the end of the week, um, she had passed. Wow. And so um, the family was um, from the Asian culture. They um, didn't have a relationship with the Lord, and I just felt like we needed—they had no clue what to do. as was their only daughter. How do we navigate this? We never saw this coming. Oh. And so um, after the hospital, um, we reached to them, and, and uh, God took us on a journey as a family. I went to the um, cemetery with them, the funeral home, helped them prepare and and plan all that out and connected them here at Golden Hills. And um, Pastor Larry ended up doing the service. Um, And the relationship continues today. Um, And it was also an opportunity to just really kind of love them through just, I mean, you can't imagine as a parent, right, Mm -hmm. losing a 10-year-old just out of nowhere. I was completely healthy one day and and gone, you know, a week later. And so... um, our family is still connected with them. Um, I think Mom still sends Christmas gifts to the Larry um, every Christmas, um, just as, as she's just so grateful for the time that You know, we were able to love them through that. So that's just one example.
0: Yeah, I know you. You mentioned many more prison uh, visits mm-hmm. with family members of the softball team, and it's awesome. Sue, do you have anything? We
2: have a neighbor who was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer uh, right around the same time our 25-year-old daughter was diagnosed with lymphoma. And she was a single mom, five kids, had nobody, no family up in this area. And um, once Erica received her diagnosis, I had a friend come to me to let me know that our neighbor had also been diagnosed. And I could sense and I was overwhelmed by the spirit that she was alone and we had an army of people surrounding Mm -hmm. us and how could we not surround her and bless her with some of what we were blessed with. So I rallied our neighborhood Mm -hmm. to come around her. We did yard cleanup. They did food. We sat with her with chemotherapy. We picked her son up. Uh, from school, took him to school, helped other boys who didn't have driver's license, and just as a community came around her. um, as She walked through some really hard months of chemo, um, particularly with kids that didn't know what to do, Mm -hmm. helped try to teach the kids how to do lawns. We had a housekeeper come in, try to help with that. Um, And unfortunately, she passed away two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But she knows she was loved by a community that didn't necessarily know her.
1: One of the exciting parts about that, too, for me was there were four four church families from different churches that participated, but there was also a lot of unbelievers mm-hmm. that came and, and were kind of brought into that fold, and were able to share you know, the gospel a little bit through that as well.
0: That's awesome. They got to see the hands and feet. Yeah, not absolutely. Just, yeah. So I imagine while well, you guys are doing all this, your home is not Pinterest perfect? No, it is not. <laughs> In this, I don't know if it's Western culture or what, but we have this pressure to have a Pinterest perfect home, and we don't lead Pinterest perfect lives, so that doesn't always work out. Um, I just wanted to know how you guys combat that need to have your home be a certain way
2: against the true definition of hospitality. I think for me, um, especially older, seasoned in life, um, that's just the two of us plus a a child that we're fostering at the moment, but I remember something my mom taught me a long time ago, and that was that your kids are only little once, and so little Mm -hmm. handprints on the wall, one day I'm going to regret that those are gone, and in the midst of somebody knocking on my door, I have a a valued friend who showed up one day. chaos going on in my home, but it doesn't matter that my home was not clean at that point, Mm -hmm. because what matters is the time, and you have to be intentional with your time to invite and welcome people in and love them through whatever mess that they may be in, whether my home is clean or not. Yeah,
1: I'll add to that. There's also our younger daughter living in the home as well, Mm -hmm. and um, and Sue loves a clean home, but I like to let the lab in, so I make sure that it's not always Pinterest perfect when I let the lab (laughs)
2: in, so... As evidenced by the dog hair. Yeah, Yeah, I remember just
0: a couple months ago, I guess, Cole and I came over, and you guys had both just gone off work. I think we even beat one of you there, and you had La Costa ready, not the Pinterest meal, (laughs) which we love La Costa, so we're okay with that. And one of your parents dropped in, and there was a death to someone close to your daughter and you guys still made that time to welcome Cole and I and have that cup of coffee on the couch. And we just so look up to you guys because of things like that. You guys can live in the mess and still love people even when things aren't going perfectly.
2: And I think we have to be careful not to miss those, I call them butterfly moments. Mm -hmm. You guys were there and you needed us and we have to be intentional uh, with that time, because we'll miss the moment if we ignore it. Yeah.
1: But I think it's important, too, that when you're practicing hospitality biblical, to recognize that, okay, maybe you guys needed to spend some time with us, but we were just as blessed mm-hmm. by having yes, that time absolutely. with you guys and catching up a little bit, too, because it had, it had been a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm reading a book on hospitality, and something that stuck out to me was a quote that says, have people leave your home thinking more highly of themselves instead of thinking more highly of you. And it makes me think of how many times we want people to see our shiny floors or our perfectly dressed kids when the focus should really be, how can I bless this person that is
2: in my home? Absolutely. We by no means have the perfect home. <laughs> it's um, comfy, though. Comfy home. But... I believe in biblical hospitality. Our our homes are gifts from God. Anyway, we steward them, however, mm. um, well or not well, depending on what we you know what we see as how to take care of our homes. Um, inviting people into our homes doesn't necessarily mean that the house has to be clean and the laundry folded and things put away and tucked away. Mm. And again, we miss the moments. And when that knock comes on, that comes into the door. Um, to say stop I have to go do my laundry it's about the person who's there and I think we miss that if yeah. again we're not paying attention
0: Yeah, or even inviting someone to come in to your mess Yes, like I'm folding laundry today I do laundry on a certain day and like if you want to come over I would love you to come over but you might have to help me fold or go to, on pickup with me and just inviting them into your everyday mundane where It doesn't have to be a big production with the cheese platter out and the perfectly manicured home. It can be just come and join me because like we talked about earlier, it's not about how they perceive you. It's how they feel about themselves and they felt loved, seen, heard. And I think, Dave, you had a life verse that may be applied to this.
1: Yeah, Philippians two, three and four and um Pastor Phil forgive me. This is gonna be out of the NIV because that's how I memorized <gasps> oh, it.
0: We can edit um, that yeah.
1: out. <laughs> Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And I think that again, I trust me, I I fall short of living out that life verse um, in, in many ways, but I always try to always remember to pull on that today, you know, when Sue was, you know, having a conversation with me about my attitude, um, towards this young man in my home, I had to bring that to mind and, and Lord mm-hmm. just put on my heart. Hey Dave, this is your life first. How's that playing out in this scenario? And, and so I think it helps just keep me grounded a little bit. Um, you know, on those nights when I find out, you know, I get the phone call and somebody's coming over at ten o'clock and it's a it's a work night. And you go, okay, breathe, Dave. You know, uh, <laughs> this person obviously needs to spend some time. Let let's do it. And uh, my office is a mess. Okay, it's a young man. He could care less, yeah. right? <laughs> um, yeah. So,
0: yeah, and I think too, just seeing people in their real life just makes them more approachable. Like it's hard to go to that person that sure. has it all together looks perfect, has never had a bad day, you're like, oh, it's hard to go to them when you are in a struggle or sure. you need someone. So being able to go and say, oh, they don't have it all together either. Mm-hmm. And nice can I th- relate.
1: I think, speaking, of, I think one of the things, maybe one of the things that has allowed us to be more hospitable, Hospitable is that over the years doing youth ministry and being involved in marriage ministry and then uh, young adults in different seasons, we've shared our story many times, our personal testimony, mm. um, which has a lot of uh, a, a tremendous amount of redemption mm. in it through what we walk through as you know as a dating couple and as young Mary's. and I think that has uh, has allowed us to. Um, or allowed people to uh, to see that we're not these perfect people, and mm-hmm. we haven't yeah. always had, "quote unquote" had it together. And yeah. so, I think that helps with the hospitality side a little bit too.
0: Absolutely. So, I would
1: encourage people share your story. Yeah. Share your story with people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because someone out there can relate, yeah. and I think it it gives them the courage to sure. to speak on that. Now, there's another obstacle that people may um, not call a cop out, but may use as an excuse that they either don't have a home or they're a teenager and they live with, or young adult and they live with their parents or they live in an apartment and they don't have enough space or they can't fit everybody on their couch. So how would you guys combat that? We're feeling like, Your home isn't a place that you can't have people over, or you just simply do not have
2: a home. And I think that's those moments where you say, Hey, Natalie, can you meet me for a cup of coffee? Or Mm -hmm. I'm taking a walk tonight. Do you want to join me? Um, Finding those alternative places where you can still do ministry with someone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a building where there is a home, it could be on a sidewalk, it could be in a park, it could be in a grocery store, Um, it can be anywhere. Yeah, Uh, where the spirit leads, are we paying attention? Yeah.
1: Hospitality, at the end of the day, is about the heart, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's it's a heart condition. It's about the heart. It's not about the building, the um, the 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 location. Those things are nice when they're available, but that's not ultimately what drives hospitality. So.
0: Yeah, Sue, did you have another story that touches on just being hospitable, not in your home?
2: Um, I have lots of stories. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, one, that, one big one for us was, um, and I think we spoke about this at the conference, but we had a young girl in our home for about three months. Um, she had come to us um, just to stay temporarily because of a situation in their home that was deemed unsafe and unfit for her to be in. Uh, again, we were able to rally a community, uh, both of believers and non-believers, to come around this family who was given an ultimatum: they had six weeks to clean up their home, uh, or they were going to red-tag it, where it would be unlivable. Um, through God's grace and through the hands and feet of Jesus, we were able to um, clean the home. Um, maybe not the way that they would have liked it to be, but it was certainly safe. So this this little girl could be returned to her parent um Mm -hmm. however we were able to come alongside uh, the family and have still maintained relationship with them as they come into our home our clean necessarily is not their clean and to be okay with that and to understand that people are in different places than we are and what we may perceive my clean is not necessarily somebody else's
0: and um
2: and being able to just to come alongside and love them through that
0: Yeah, and if I remember correctly, you also opened it up to businesses in the community, um, other churches, Mm -hmm. non believers. People were able to get their hands dirty, and literally (laughs) and figuratively, um, in allowing other people to partake in hospitality and encourage them to come alongside and join in.
2: Yes. One of the biggest blessings in all of that was going to a local business, uh, not a believer, and explaining what was happening uh, with both the child and the parent. And the business owner looked at me, tears in his eyes, and he said, I don't care what's happening. I just want to help. I want to be able to wow. help people. And I think if we don't ask, we're saying no yeah. for, for anybody if we don't ask because people genuinely have a heart to help others.
0: Yeah, and we never know the eternal impact of yes. the non-Christian business owner seeing the hands and feet of Jesus. Yes. There's
1: another cool part to that story. There was a gentleman who worked for the county um, who would come out to monitor the property and what was going on. And I think we were second weekend in, third weekend in, he looked at Sue and he goes, why, why are you guys doing this? <laughs> and she said, because we love the Lord and we're just called to do this. Mm-hmm. And he went back to to a staff meeting that following week and shared with us a week after his supervisor wanted to know why we were doing what we were mm-hmm. doing and who are these people wow. and he just said they apparently they just love Jesus and <laughs> you, you know so I mean the, the testimony goes way beyond even the people you're initially helping yeah sometimes so
0: yeah that's awesome so now for me personally I know you guys so I know you don't do it all but for the people on the outside looking in we want to
2: know. How do the bowers do it all? By the grace of God is <laughs> how I answer. I um, often pray, Lord, give me that extra five minutes that I feel like I don't have. Mm. And we have to be intentional with our time. Um, we learned early, early in our walk to be very careful about not overextending ourselves and mm. serving seven days a week. Mm. Um but that it didn't have to be outdoing service because our family is our ministry and our friends Mm -hmm. and our community are ministry and had to learn how to uh, take care of that as a priority. Um, And I think you just have to be intentional with your time. Yeah. Dave, do you have any feedback for that?
1: I, I think one of the things that Sue and I, that the Lord has blessed us with is we just like people. Um, and I think it makes it a little bit easier, if you will, sometimes. To, um, God has just given us a heart for, for others. And, you know, that's our giftedness, I guess. Um, you know, some people have the gift of just giving finances or, you know, helping somebody behind the scenes. And we love to do that as well. But I just think he's gifted us to we enjoy being around people. Yeah. And um, and I think that makes hospitality a little bit easier to do when you <laughs> you helps. know, when you actually so like, enjoy people. Yes. So
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Pastor Phil has kind of given our church this charge over summer to spend it,
2: mm-hmm. whether
0: it's your time, talent, treasure, right. whatever resources and I think you guys live up to that and you guys are such an example to all of the generations of just spend it. You guys give and you give for the Lord and
2: it totally shows. So That's very humbling, but thank you. Um, it is. We don't do it right all the time. And I think, I, I just want to share this too because I we miss so many opportunities and just a very short little thing. Um, I was in a grocery store with a gentleman going through a check stand and um, I knew by looking at him he wasn't okay. The check The person checking him out said, how's your day? And he said, not good. It's been horrible. And she said, oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. So I stopped, and I looked at him, and I asked him to wait. I said, can you wait a minute, and I'll come outside and meet you when I'm done. And so he went outside. He was sobbing. Mm -hmm. And I stopped, had my daughter with me. We prayed over him. But I think of that often. How many times do we miss what's going on around us if we're not paying attention? Because hospitality happens in a grocery store. It happens helping a mom with three babies take Mm -hmm. a grocery cart or help move groceries. We have to be intentional about paying attention. And if Mm -hmm. we're not paying attention, we miss those moments. And you can't ever get that back. I don't know what God's going to do with that man I prayed over, but I know he knew he was loved and somebody cared. And I think we have to be careful about not missing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, before we wrap up, I just wanted to know if either one of you had something that you wanted to share that we didn't cover, something that from the actual breakout group that you wanted to touch on here for people who weren't able to attend.
1: I think I would like to say this because um, I think it's important for people to understand um, when we're serving that it's not about having it all together because Dave and Sue don't have it all together. <laughs> we don't. We're, we're, we're we are far from. Let's just say we're very imperfect. I like to say we're just we're um, functionally, functionally dysfunctional. dysfunctional. <laughs> um, I like that. But but it, but at the end of the day, I think it's just a matter of being open and willing. Yeah. And aware that when god 's calling you to not miss the opportunity and sometimes it's difficult you know right now in our fostering situation there's days right now and and I know we 'll go into this later, but the reality of it is my wife had to call me on the carpet a little bit today and call me out just kind of the way I 've been handling some of some of the things that we're being challenged with by him and and to recognize that you know what I 'm supposed to be this you know a godly example to him and loving him you know well. Mm-hmm. And the way I'm dealing with some of the stuff with school is probably not the best for him. And just mm-hmm. having to recognize that. And, and so even when we're doing hospitality, we're growing you oh, know, yeah. all the time. We're seeing our shortcomings as well. So I just want people to not think you have to have it all together because mm-hmm. you don't. and Because we certainly don't.
0: Yep. Yeah. I want to thank you guys for being vulnerable and opening up and sharing with us and i also want to thank our listeners for joining in to episode three and we look forward to talking to you guys soon thank you for having us us. bye bye the golden hills podcast is a ministry of golden hills community church in brentwood california where our purpose is to glorify god by making disciples who will impact every area of the world for christ be sure to visit our website at goldenhills.org. Subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at GHCC Brentwood.